Divorce Detox features raw, unfiltered conversations with divorce coach Lisa Happ and family law attorney Jolie Vackey. Learn how to cope, heal, and thrive while navigating the inherently flawed family court system. Enjoy candid conversations with the hosts and their expert guests as they discuss the dirty details about divorce and co-parenting. It's time for Divorce Detox. Welcome to Divorce Detox with Lisa and Joe Lee. We host a weekly podcast where we dish all about the dirty details of divorce, co-parenting, and how to cope, heal, and thrive while navigating the inherently flawed family court system and separating from your ex. We are your hosts, certified divorce coach Lisa Happ of Lisa Happ Coaching and family law attorney Jolie Vackey the founding attorney of Foundations Family Law and Mediation Center. This is episode number four of the Divorce Detox podcast. Hi, Jolie. Thank you so much for sharing this information with us today. Today, I'm going to be interviewing Jolie about the steps you can first take to prepare when you begin to file for your divorce. Yeah, and I think this is a great follow-up conversation to our discussion from last week where we were talking about, should I stay or should I go in my relationship? And so if you come to the conclusion after you go through that analysis that you're ready to go, um, this is, you know, some steps that you can take to start that process. Thank you. This is perfect. You're right. It's a perfect follow-up. Jolie. When should a person getting a divorce meet with an attorney? So that is going to depend from person to person. And I just kind of want to put a disclaimer out there for what I'm talking about today really pertains to the person who's going to be filing for a contested divorce. So there's different ways that you can go about getting divorced. Um, you can negotiate, you know, with your ex and come to an agreement. You can mediate. Um, so that's more of the uncontested route. But what I'm talking today about really pertains more to if you're going to be filing for divorce, hiring an attorney and going that route. That doesn't mean that you can't, um, you know, uh, settle later on down the road. But this really is starting out more about one person files, the other one gets served and starting more in the traditional sense. So I've had um, people we meet with me a, at a range of different times um, prior to filing for their divorce. I've met with some people six months ahead of time and they want to just, you know, gather some information. They might still actually be in that kind of decision-making phase about should I stay or should I go? And I still think that it's a really great thing to just schedule a consult with an attorney and to get the information that you need because the unknown is always so much scarier in your head than what it actually is in reality. So you can arm yourself with information and make a plan and see a clear path forward to see what it would be like and what you know the process would be like if you were to decide to divorce, just so you can really like calm your nerves. And it actually might help to propel you to get over that hump to make the decision that, yeah, I, I do want to go actually. I've had some clients that I've met with who have decided like, yes, I want to get a divorce, 
but I need to wait a certain amount of time because there's something in my life coming up. Um, this, you know, happens frequently when, you know, a child is graduating from high school, like they're trying to put it off until after that. Um, but I still will have that initial meeting, give them the information. Um, and then sometimes I've, I've met with people, you know, twice before they decide to sign on. It really is all an individual and up to the person. Um, but my general advice is the sooner you can meet with a divorce attorney, the better. And the reason is, like I said before, just get the information, um, you know, empower yourself with that information. So that way you have a clear path of what lies ahead if you do decide to file for divorce. Um, so the sooner, the better, in my opinion. I think that is amazing advice. I love what you said about the unknown being scarier than the actual process. And I love what you said about getting all the information because it does, I believe it helps you feel much more empowered going into the process. So thank you. You're welcome. Let's see. So what do you think would be the best way for people to prepare their finances going into a divorce? That is a question I hear a lot from clients. Yeah, so I am um, licensed to practice in Massachusetts and Rhode Island. Um, so in Massachusetts, there is a mandatory exchange of financial documents that has to happen once a divorce is filed. Um, and a lot of times in marriages and in relationships, um, one person has kind of taken more of the dominant role in controlling the finances. Like, you know, they're the gatekeeper. They have like the spreadsheets or all the account information and they're the one that pays the bills. And so if you already are that person, that's great because you know where to get all of the information. But if you're not that person, then you're going to want to do your best to try and get access to that information ahead of time. If you're on bank accounts and you don't have the, you know, the login, you can call the bank, create an account, you know, so you can access them online. Um, you know, call your accountant and get copies of your past tax returns. If they're joint, you know, you have a right to, to have a copy. So really just try to do your best to fill in what your financial picture is. There's some things you're not going to be able to know about. If you know your spouse has individual accounts, you won't be able to get that information, but your attorney will be able to get that for you later on. But just try to get a lay of the land of what your finances are for your individual finances and then your joint finances. So try to start compiling statements and get a high level view of your financial picture. I also think it could be a good idea that if you don't already have an individual bank account, you probably may want to think about opening up your own bank account that your spouse doesn't know about. Um, and you can start squirreling away like little bits of money here and there. I think it's always great to have a little bit of a safety net. Um, you know, you are allowed to use marital funds to pay for an attorney. But, you know, if you don't want your spouse to know, then, you know, you're not going to be wanting to put it on the joint credit card or taking it out of the joint bank account. So you can start kind of building your own own account where you can pay for a retainer for an attorney or to kind of have like a rainy day fund for um, household expenses if you know if who knows that you'll need to move suddenly or if you know you're cut off all of a sudden from joint accounts and um, you need some access to, to money so it could be a wise idea to open up your own account if you don't already have one. Thank you that is fantastic advice 
I love what you said about opening your own account and just squirreling a little bit away when you can. That is great advice. Thank you. Yeah, it's. I mean, money is, I mean, you need money to survive in this world. So it's important that, you know, um, that you have something and a lot of, you know, some people are lucky that they have family support that they can rely on. So they may not have to do this, but others don't. And so, you know, having some financial security for yourself and if you have kids can be really important. It also sounds like it goes back to what you said about empowering. I would think that would be more empowering to somebody going into a divorce, knowing they had that safety net. Yeah, exactly. Um, So, you know, you have something that's your own and, you know, you'll have to disclose it. We will have to, you know, to put that on your financial statement. So the other side knows. And, you know, I'm not advocating that you move like large sums of money, like out of joint accounts and put it in there. But if, you know, you have an income and, you know, you could start, you know, um, putting a small amount of your direct deposit in there, or, you know, you can start taking out some cash and putting it in there. Um, You do have access, like I said, to the marital funds. So just, you know, take a little bit here and there. And like I said, save it for a rainy day. (laughs) I love that. Thank you. What about children? That's always a big topic with my clients. Is there anything specific that people should be thinking about if they have children? Yes. And this is also going to depend on a lot of different circumstances, but um, you're going to want to think about a few things. Does your child have any special needs of any sort? Do they have IEPs or 504 plans in their school? Um, Are they receiving any special services like speech therapy or ABA services? Where are their doctors and dentists? And all of this really comes back to like, do you need to remain in the marital home for your, your kiddos? <laughs> like, um, because if the answer to that is yes, then you're going to want to know that that's going to be a priority for you in your divorce is keeping the marital home. Um, do you, your, are your children already receiving therapy? Are they, you know, getting counseling? Are they meeting with a guidance counselor at school? If they're not, you may want to start researching um, providers for them because, I'm an advocate that any child of divorce should, you know, be getting some outside, you know, professional help to help through that transition time other than just the parents. So you may want to start researching therapists or counselors or, you know, there's all different kinds of options out there. Um, And then, you know, thinking about how you're going to approach this conversation about you and, you know, the other parents separating with your child. There's lots of resources out there for you to, to, you can read ahead of time to see how, you know, the experts in child development um, recommend to have that conversation. Um, You can start researching those now. And then when the time comes talking to your partner about it, so hopefully you can approach it together. That's usually the preferred and recommended way, although in reality, it doesn't always work out that way. But at least, you know, you can find out what the ideal was and try to make some plans. Um, So, yeah, those are just some things to think about if you do have children is like, um, what are they going to need as as far as, you know, for academic support, emotional support, and then having that conversation about this big transition in their life that's going to be coming their way, but no matter what, just always reminding them and telling them that they are loved. This is not their fault. Mom and dad are always going to love them no matter what. Um, and just providing that reassurance. Thank you. That is amazing. Those are such great tips and so important. I agree. Just keep telling the children it's not their fault. They are loved. 
and therapy. Absolutely. I agree. <laughs> so thank you so much. You're welcome. Yep. Therapy for everybody. It's tough nowadays. Like there are a lot of waiting lists. Um, that's something that I'm dealing with in almost all my cases. Um, and so sometimes you can't always get insurance, like approved um, counselors and therapists nowadays. So a lot of my clients have been going like the private pay route, but sometimes you can get that reimbursed by insurance. Um, and so it's just kind of like keeping a wider net of options out there because it is, it is tough nowadays to find mental health support, which is really unfortunate. It's, it's very sad. Divorce Detox is sponsored by Lisa Happ Coaching and Foundations Family Law and Mediation Center. Lisa Happ is a certified divorce, narcissistic abuse, grief, and life coach. She guides women in abusive, toxic, and narcissistic relationships through the divorce process and beyond to help transform and transmute their fear around their divorce and leaving a relationship to confidence and calmness. Together with Lisa, you can clear the fog and emotional chaos you're experiencing by setting boundaries, finding your voice, and reclaiming life and your power. No matter where you are in the process, she is here to support you every step of your way. You can find her at lisahap.com. Foundations Family Law and Mediation Center is a solutions-oriented boutique law firm based in Worcester County, Massachusetts. They represent clients and mediate divorces in both Massachusetts and Rhode Island. The philosophy of Foundation's family law is to resolve family law conflicts as painlessly and peacefully as possible. They firmly believe that something beautiful can be made from something broken, and they will be with you every step of the way to build a solid foundation for the future you deserve, filled with freedom, stability, and peace of mind. If this resonates with you and what you are looking for in a family law attorney or mediator, be sure to check out Foundations Family Law online at foundation, foundationsfamilylaw.com. Lisa is extremely generous and is offering a free coaching session for all new Foundations Family Law divorce clients. And the magic really happens for our clients when they choose to work with both of us through our Divorce Detox Signature Program. If you retain Foundations Family Law for your legal matter and purchase a coaching package with Lisa Hap Coaching, you will get a free bi-monthly call with both of us to ensure that your legal strategy and emotional healing are in alignment and helping you to reach your ultimate goals. I have one more question, if you don't mind. Um, what are tips you would suggest for people trying to find a family law attorney? What are some things and tactics they can use to decide if an attorney is the right attorney for them? Okay. So this is a big one. And I have a lot of big feelings on this topic because I feel like a lot of people, they just go to good old Mr. Google and put in, you know, best divorce attorney near me. And then, you know, just the people who pay the most for Google ads show up and that might not be the best, you know, um, option for you. Um, I always recommend like, ask around like 50% of the United States is divorced. So, um, you know, ask for referrals, like who have people used, ask in like Facebook groups that you're in, get some recommendations for people who have actually gone through this process before and can speak to an actual experience with a divorce attorney. Also think to yourself, like what is important to me in my, what are important qualities and values to me to have in a divorce attorney? 
Do I want somebody who's going to be very responsive? Do I want somebody who's going to be empathetic and caring about my case? Will actually know my children's names? Do or is it more important to me that you know this person is known as like the most aggressive pit bull in the court? Like people have different you know values that they want for their divorce attorney. Do they want somebody who's more focused on you know settlement and um, trying to avoid trial? Like think of all of these things, check out their, um, the potential attorney's website. They should have a lot of information there about kind of what their philosophy for um, divorce is and see if that aligns with you. If it doesn't, then, you know, that may not be a good fit. And, you know, you can interview different attorneys, you know, it, I mean, it usually for divorce attorneys, you do have to pay some fee to like to have a consult with somebody. But, you know, I'd rather you pay only $300 to find out you don't jive with somebody than end up paying them, you know, $15,000 down the line and just being stuck with them and they just weren't a good fit for you. So you can interview a couple of attorneys and see who's a right fit for you. Um, so yeah, I think that those are some good tips. Ask around, look on their website, look at reviews, um, meet them, vet them, and really make your list of priorities of what you're looking for in a divorce attorney. Just don't rely on, like I said, good old Mr. Google, because he could leave you astray. <laughs> I think that is great advice. I love the idea. I love the tip. Make a list of what is important to you, because I think it can get overwhelming. You're already in a place in your life where you're nervous, you're overwhelmed and you're stressed. And it, it seems easy to just go to the first person you find on Google, but you're very right. That's very often not the right person for you. And just like everything else, I have no like qualms about saying this, like there are good divorce attorneys and there are not so great uh, divorce attorneys. So um, I want everybody who, I mean, this is an, an investment. This is an expensive investment and this is going to really have an impact on the rest of your life. So it's a very important decision. Don't make it lightly. If you have any, you know, red flags or like just feeling like in your gut, like this isn't right, then just go with somebody else. And I mean, I have cases all the time where somebody starts with an attorney and they stay for maybe a couple weeks, a couple months, and it's just not working out. You are an adult and you have the right to change attorneys. It happens all the time. But the most important thing is that you're getting what you want out of your attorney services because this is too important to mess up. So you, if you pick somebody and it doesn't work out, you can always change later on down the line. That is perfect advice. Thank you so much. Do you have any other tips for our listeners and things they should be looking for or thinking about? Um, yeah, just kind of some like random miscellaneous things. Like when you go to file for divorce, you are going to need a copy of your marriage certificate. Some people, you know, might've been married for a long time, so they don't even know where it is. So you can always request a copy of this from the town or city hall where you got married. So you might want to do, start thinking about that just to have it. Um, it's usually a very like small nominal fee to get a copy of it. So you, you want to either search for your marriage certificate, make sure you have it or request a copy. Um, and then something else you might want to talk, uh, might want to think about is housing plans. So like I said before, um, you know, if you have kids, you, it's probably going to be pretty obvious to you whether you're going to want to stay in the marital home or if you, if you can't afford it, if you're going to leave. But in regards to housing, I would always make like your 
your ultimate, put on a piece of paper, what is your ultimate goal for your house? Like, do you want to stay? Do you want to sell? Do you want to go somewhere else? And then always have a backup plan because Mm -hmm. family court is extremely unpredictable and nobody can guarantee. And we don't have a crystal ball to know what's going to happen at the end of the day. And then there's also some cases where you, you know, are still living under the same roof with your spouse and your kids, or it could just be the two of you. And it's a very unhealthy environment. And sometimes you can't get, it's not enough to get a restraining order or you can't get them vacated from the home, but it's to a level that it's not safe for you mentally anymore to be there. And so you may need to get out with you or with your kids. Like you should always try to plan, make a plan B for housing, whether that's with a friend, a coworker, a family member. Um, If you're going to rent something, like try to have a plan B because like I said, family court can be really unpredictable. So try to think that out or, or do some research and have somewhere you could go just in your back pocket, just in case. And that's also why that little like rainy day fund that I said, I was talking about might come into play because who knows, you may need something for like first and last and security on a place if you need to get out. So kind of do um, some different scenarios about housing. Um, And then finally, divorce is a draining process. It's long. Um, You know, most people don't say that their divorces are fun. Like this is a major upheaval of of your life. Um, There's a lot of different emotions attached with it. Um, And just like I said, I'm a huge fan for, you know, therapy for children of divorce. I want my clients who are going into a divorce to have all of the resources possible like as options for them, whether that is a therapist for themselves or getting um, involved with a divorce support group where you can talk with other people who are going through this or who are on the other side, um, whether you have, you know, um, a meditation practice or you go to yoga, like just find out what makes you feel more grounded and better um, and start doing more of those things. Create your support group, if it's friends, family, whoever it is. You just really want to surround yourself um, with as much support and comfort through this process as possible. So start thinking about that now before you even file, because once you file, you're going to be overwhelmed with the paperwork and the court dates and the back and forth with the attorneys. So make a plan before you file, then you can, it makes it easier to follow during the case. And far too often, my clients just put this off until after the divorce, you know, Um, because they're kind of like in their list of priorities, self-care always gets put bottom of the list. But if you make it more front and center, go the process, by the time you're divorced, you're going to be so much further ahead. You're going to be starting your new chapter off from such a stronger place of confidence and empowerment. And it's just going to set you off on the right path. So um, really try to get that support system in place and prioritize self-care. So those are just a few last tips. Those are great last tips. I love that you said get your community and your support group first before you file, because I do agree. I think you're 100% correct. Once we get to that place where we're completely overwhelmed, it's very difficult to then pull it back in and find that community for ourselves. Because at that point, we're overwhelmed, our nervous system is dysregulated, and it creates a very stressful time. 
Yeah, you're too you're too in the weeds. Like you can't see the forest through the trees at that point. You're just you're like in survival mode, you know. So make that plan early on. So make it easy for yourself to follow. And I promise you, you'll thank us later. <laughs> Absolutely. Thank you so much, Jolie. You are welcome, Lisa. This was a great talk. Fabulous. So that does it for today's show. Next week, Jolie and I will be interviewing Julie Costa, who is a hypnotherapist. Looking forward to that. Thank you. Thanks so much for tuning into Divorce Detox with Lisa and Joe Lee. If you enjoyed the show and want to help us create more content, please be sure to subscribe on Apple Podcasts and leave us a five-star review. You can also follow us on Instagram at Divorce Detox Pod. Please note that the information shared during the podcast is for informational purposes only and does not create any type of attorney-client or coach-client relationship. Please consult with a licensed attorney in your jurisdiction for legal advice specific to your case.